0: All right, we got Jason Wang with us today. He's also a co-host on One. We are more than thrilled to have, have him. Love to uh, you know hear his story, what he's all about, why he's part of this effort. Jason, thank you so much for taking time today. I'm also joined by my uh, colleague Akib Mohammed, who's another co-host here on One as well.
1: Hey guys, what's up?
2: What's up, everybody?
0: Jason, man, I can't imagine you know how long it's been since we've actually already started working together. I know we. Almost a year ago, probably connected around little five at Indiana University as I was trying to recruit some students to work on some projects. You've been an amazing individual. I think you've got like 20 different majors, uh, <laughs> that you're working on. I couldn't even keep track, but yo, know, man, I would love to hear your story, hear what you're about. Just, I want, I want to know it all, man. That's what this is for.
2: Yeah. So, uh, my parents came to America, I think like the 80s to study medicine uh, at that time. It was like a cultural revolution. So they're trying to, I guess, you know, get to a better place, have a better life for their kids. So I was born in Detroit in 99. Uh, but I actually spent the most of my life in like the state of New York, a few years in New York City in Queens, and then 10 years in a little town called Ithaca, upstate New York. I guess I really wanted to study finance for a few reasons. Number one, I really wanted to find something. I took a lot of math and science courses as a kid. Uh, my school is really, really—they uh, heavily emphasize math and science. So I was kind of, felt kind of fell in love with numbers, analytics, hard data, things like that. But I also really like talking to people. I'm a pretty social, outgoing guy. Uh, I really like hearing people's stories, which is, you know, kind of why I'm doing this podcast. But so I kind of wanted to find a job that was an intersection between interpersonal skills and problem solving and quantitative skills, and that's kind of how I stumbled into finance. So coming into Indiana. Didn't really know, know anybody. I honestly think I'm the first person from my high school to go to Kelly, which is pretty crazy to think about. You know, the people that I met here, the people that I looked up to, the people that I saw as mentors were all part of this organization called the Investment Banking Workshop. And to me, these were some of the most well-rounded individuals that I'd ever met. They're ambitious, driven, super intelligent, super nice, and super friendly, more than willing to lend a helping hand with anything. Please and tell no- me you're
0: not looking to be an investment banker.
2: <laughs> well... I'd be lying if I say I wasn't seriously considering being an investment banking analyst on Wall Street. I think, I don't know. I think like banking gets like definitely a really bad rep, especially here at like Indiana. First of all, everybody already hates like people have like a lot of negative stereotypes about Kelly and then they have like even more negative stereotypes about like investment bankers. But again, like all the people that I've met have been, you know, nothing, nothing short of gracious and helpful. So, you know, really hoping to meet more people like that down the line.
0: No, nah, man, I'm only half kidding. I actually uh, believe that, you know, that, that, that group that's there, you know, believe it or not, our class was the one that kind of founded that workshop, uh, about 20 years ago or so. And man, what you guys, what has been done there at the school and what you're about to enter to is just an absolute machine for Wall Street. And it's phenomenal.
2: Yeah. It's pretty crazy looking at like, you know, I was talking to, uh, an I, a third year associate at Prello Weinberg and he graduated, I think in 2014. And that was just four or five years ago and he said his class was 36 and my class is 79 so to see that kind of growth wow uh, that kind of presence on wall street is is amazing and i think we were six yeah (laughs) 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 like that level of growth is you know it's 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 definitely a team effort it wasn't one person i mean obviously i think professor Haverly did an immense amount for the organization and he still does an immense amount to this day but it all works because everybody's willing to come back and lend a helping hand when necessary
0: yeah. Hey, that's what this is all about. As you guys know, network is everything and paying it forward and, you know, kind of having a good karma about yourself is uh, is, is something not
2: to be taken lightly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In addition to your love for finance, is there anything, uh, any other hobbies that you enjoy doing?
2: I spend a lot of my time listening to music. I'm a pretty impatient person. I can't I have kind of a hard time sitting still. So I always have to be doing something. And so one of the things I used to talk about my time when I'm like, on the bus or walking is definitely bumping a lot of music. I think, like, this year especially, I'm not really sure why, but i gotten, like, a lot more into rap music. I listened to rap before, obviously, but this semester is just kind of taking over my library. Um That's a big thing. Also, just, like, spending time with friends, man. I think, you know, having so little free time, you definitely get to cherish the little that you do have. So, whenever I'm able to kind of, like, sit down with some buddies for an hour or two, just, like, talk about, you know, our days and our lives and our hopes and dreams, that's always, like, a highlight of my day. And also, like, I mean I don't have a lot of time for it anymore but I mean I'm still a big lover of the sport of boxing I think it's one of the greatest sports um it's very different it's very unique and yeah I guess I, like, I don't have much free time anymore but when I do
1: those are the things I kind of try to like fit in you know Yeah man of course I mean I also box and I love boxing and it does a lot for me it kind of like uh almost heals my spirit I guess heals my spirit I can go out there and hit the bag a little bit but I have a question for you um boxing is a great sport but Are there any experiences in boxing or other types of experience that kind of shaped who you are?
2: Yeah, dude. So, I mean, like you know, listen, I don't know, Shane, I don't know if you really know this. I'm a pretty small guy. I'm like five, six. So every single boxing gym I've ever been to, I've always been the smallest guy in the gym. And that kind of is like a metaphor for, you know, there are going to be times in life where the cards are kind of stacked against you. You know, if I'm sparring a guy that's 30 pounds heavier than me and five inches taller, like... The only way you're really going to earn respect and the only way you're going to really kind of like, I guess, overcome that is by, you know, biting down on your mouthpiece and just doing it. You know, that working against the grain, you know, working against these obstacles and these like barriers is, is it sucks. It definitely sucks that they exist. And like I wish everybody was kind of able to take advantage of equal opportunity, but obviously that's not realistic. So it definitely takes some grit, some determination. It's nasty to overcome obstacles. Um, I think of my parents a lot. You know, my parents came to this country knowing barely any english barely any money in their pockets no friends or family in the states they had to kind of figure things out and to see like you know my dad becoming a doctor my mom getting her medical degree uh, in the states like that in and of itself is impressive and to think that they did that while in a brand new country in a completely different culture again working against the grain like that kind of inspires me so i mean there are times where like dude i want to give up and it sucks and like you know there are all these things and i like oh i wish you know i had this and i wish i had this and i wish i had that but you know rather than sitting there know sitting on my butt and like complaining about that you know boxing has really taught me to you know things kind of suck right now but the only way they're ever going to get better is by working hard and you know committing yourself
0: and you know man you just touched on something pretty deep and i think we all share this the power of immigrants man like it blows my mind so your story just now about your parents like my parents came here in the 1960s with literally 25 dollars in a suitcase yeah. To go to university up at, uh, I believe La Crosse, Wisconsin, worked a couple jobs, you know, had to get scholarships. They were super smart, blah, blah, blah. But it was all out of straight drive and necessity. And to this day, when I go home and I talk to them, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed at how they did it. Cause I'll be honest with you, I don't think anybody who grows up in a society of abundance in a situation like many of us have, could really go and just do that right off the start. I, I think yeah. to have to do that from scratch when you already know that you used to have more, it's it's probably one of the most daunting things that you could ever experience in life.
2: Yeah, that that's a really great point. I think um, you know, kind of pivoting back to boxing, I think this one you know, this guy Lou Debelli is a promoter, he said, you know, boxing is a is a poor person's sport. Because, you know, if you're rich, if you have everything set before you if you know your life is made, why would you step into the ring and, you know, get punched in the face for a living. And I think boxing historically has been a sport that's, you know, been dominated by immigrants and minorities. You know, like, some of the best boxers of all time had to overcome those, like, systemic and racial barriers to kind of prove, like, hey, like, we're capable of achieving great things, and I'm here to prove that. And I think that's also, like, an amazing part of the sport that a lot of people forget about.
0: No, it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's, it's a great parallel
2: to draw to that. What, what are some challenges you faced? I think the biggest thing for me is, like, just I mean, this is sound pretty cliche, pretty basic, but just like a workload, man. Like in colleges, definitely tough. So I'm actually pursuing two degrees. I'm getting a finance and accounting, so a B.S. in finance and accounting, and then a B.S. in computer science. And those kind of are they're in different schools, so it's like I'm living the life of two different college students, pretty much academically. And I'm also trying to graduate like within four years. And then in addition to that, like you know, I like to get involved on campus. I'm kind of like the president of my social fraternity um i'm like a director of a director position in my professional fraternity i'm a mentor for the honors college um i also have like a job i'm like a campus manager for a custom apparel company so like having all these different roles and you know having to wear all these different hats is, is definitely pretty challenging but again i think it's taught me a lot of valuable lessons about organization you know time management and really understanding at the end of the day why i'm doing all these things and it's really to build myself Build myself up, you know, build my character, develop traits, really good qualities, like I just said, and also, you know, getting used to heavy workload. Because, like, the way I see it, I'm always – I'm the type of person who believes that if you set lofty goals and you fail, like, that's where you reach your true potential. If I just, you know, sat comfortable, took, like, one major, got a 4 like, that's not really my true potential, right? If I'm falling a little bit short every time, then I know that's my upper limit, and that's where I'm going to continue to push myself, you know, more and more every year. So, like, you know, continue to see, you know, what is truly my upper limit,
1: and that's kind of what I why I do what I do. Yeah, man, that's great. It Just sounds you're you're so driven and hardworking, and you you're always trying to find something. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and I, I'm also like yeah, I'm working on this project too. Like this project obviously is like something that I thought was really cool. I mean, Shane pitched it to me. I've always wanted to do a podcast. I like talking to people. I like the sound of my own voice, to be honest. But uh, realistically, podcasts are an interest of mine that I've had for a while. And you know, when Shane said hey, like I want to start this project to just talk about interesting people, I said. That sounds like nothing but fun, like an awesome idea. So, you know, more than happy to be here for that reason.
0: No, man, I'm glad you uh, signed on. You know, as you know, look, there's so many different personalities, there's so many amazing stories, and you can't really understand somebody unless you really understand what they've been through—the highs, the lows, the successes, the failures. You know, th- those are the things that really craft the fabric of humanity and our personalities. And I think, you know, that's the power of what we're trying to deliver here. So, you know, at the end of day, I mean, you know, you you're on a path to, you know, going to one of the most rigorous work environments. I'm sure you'll get there. Um, you know, what what do you see long-term doing? Is is Wall Street kind of your thing forever or do you have other aspirations at this point that you you want to you know, you kind of want to see happen?
2: I think short-term like, you know, being I actually don't even want to go to New York actually. I'm right now looking at like technology banking on the West Coast. I think, you know, that's, you know, being a CS major and a finance major, I think tech banking would be a beautiful intersection of those two topics. And I think technology, there's so much ridiculous innovation going on right now. Um, That's definitely where I'm drawn personally. But, yeah, I know, like, a lot of people after banking, you know, the stereotype is two years in banking, going to private equity or venture capital, hedge funds, whatever that. For me, I'm really kind of leaving it up to it's definitely subject to change. It depends, you know, how much I like my firm, how much I like my job. Maybe I stay on as a career banker. Maybe I going to buy side private equity maybe i go and do something completely different going to corporate or you know honestly when like my dream is like by 35 or 40 if i'm like chilling and i've accomplished what i wanted to accomplish like in the business world like my dream is to kind of just like travel the world and like eat food and like you know experience culture man i think like that's the overarching overarching goal to really be able to experience like what life is really about rather than just being you know finance is cool but i don't want to be stuck in an office doing deals like my whole life you know
0: Yeah. No, look, I totally get it. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, it's kind of early in your career to think this, but I think you're already just by participating in this already shown interest in creating impact. You know, I like to call this our carbon footprint, which is nothing but a good thing. The bigger, the better. Meaning like, what is the mark on humanity you want to leave?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Any thoughts on that? Like what what, what's like your goal that you want to kind of leave this world a better place? Are there any any aspirations that are along that line
2: being able to leave a some sort of legacy some sort of positive impact i think would be amazing i think for me i think one of the causes i care most about is is education i think education has done a lot for me being able to me who, be, who i am is because of all the stuff that i learned along the way like being able to think freely being able to make my own decisions i think that's all because of education i really do think education is our extremely powerful tool so um, if I get older and I'm be I'm able to work with like education initiatives, so like building schools in underdeveloped countries or establishing more, I guess, structured regimented education programs for like children and things like that. I think that'd be like a definite cool pre- passion project of mine in the future.
1: Oh, that's Force awesome! Me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those sound like some great goals. And after you complete these goals, how what kind of person do you want people to see you as? Compared to how you're seen now?
2: I mean, honestly, I'm kind of, and again, sounds kind of cheesy, but as long as they see me as a good person, man, I'm good. Like, I definitely want to be someone that other people look up to because I think one of my favorite things to do is, like, mentor people. I definitely want to help people get where they need to be, and I think, like, if people look up to me, that kind of serves that kind of desire. But also, you know, making sure people see me as a genuine, humble person. I try to stay authentic, stay real, you know, keep it real, as they say. There's no real point. Putting on like a facade, a fake personality or anything. If I'm, you know, doing something that I don't want to do and I have to become a completely different person, I think there's no point to that. So as long as they see me as a genuinely nice guy with, you know, cool ambitions and doing cool stuff, I'm, I'm totally chilling.
0: Man, I'm astonished with your ability and perspective to have <laughs> at the age that you do mm-hmm. because a lot of people honestly go through their whole life with just their self perception. And something I've always said is, you know, whenever that that person that we see ourselves and the person that others would describe you, when those two intersect, you've kind of really found who you are. Right. And there's other realms and dimensions to that. But for the most part, when you kind of are seen as one thing, you've kind of found like exactly what you embody, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Man, so let me ask you this. I mean, we've gone through. A lot of your background, I think we have a pretty good sense of what drives you, where you want to go. You know, who, who's on your list? Uh, let's just say if you had to pass the mic here, who would you want to see on a podcast or some type of interview next? Who's inspired you the most to date?
2: So this is definitely, definitely a little bit of a long shot, but for me, it's going to be LeBron James. And that's because, you know, he's the greatest basketball player in the NBA right now, undisputed. He makes headlines every day, but never has he ever gone on a soapbox and said I'm better than all these players I deserve this amount I deserve a super max contract I deserve these rings what he's doing is playing the game that he loves and helping out his community you know when he built out that school for I think kids in Cleveland I believe it is Cleveland um you know that kind of reached out to me like I said I really want to focus on education like LeBron James is doing with his fortune what should be done which is giving back to the community that gave to him and enabled him to kind of achieve that success you know He's never gotten into any sort of trouble. He treats everybody with respect, and that's that level of personality I want to get, even though he's achieved this incredible level of international success and acclaim. He's never forgotten his roots, he's never forgotten his true values, and you know that's kind of why I look up to LeBron,
0: Wow, man, yeah, I know I saw what his new foundation is doing and the impact that he's making, and it's it's nothing short of spectacular. Right. um I guess I should say that those who ask like who they want to pass the mic to. Are also tasked with trying to get that mic in that hand, so we got our work <laughs> cut out for us. But uh, I think it'd be a phenomenal opportunity if we could get him on board, and I honestly, just have him talk about his career too—how he yeah. went into basketball, what drives him, you know, what what creates his individuality, and and why is he doing what he's doing in his own community? Yeah, it would be a fucking it, it'd be awesome. Key. Anything else you got?
1: No, I think I think that's it, man. I just want—I mean, get Jason. That was honestly amazing, man. I, <laughs> I loved hearing about your story, and you, you just described things so well, and you, you put everything kind of into uh, perspective to me. You're a go-getter, and I like that a lot. Thank you
2: so much for listening. Peace, love, and carbon for all.
1: And here you have it,
0: our co-host, Jason Wang. This is Shane Bramley.
1: This is Jason Wang. This is Aqib Mohammed.
0: And this is The Power of One. Thank you so much.